And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yastrzemski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. All right, welcome back to Entitled Town. Mike on Route 1 is here, along with Brother John and Scartelli. Dan is on the injured list. Uh, Dan will be back next week. Mike on Route 1, uh, to quote Jim Halpert, what the hell is going on? I have no idea what we've been witnessing over the last three weeks. What What are your thoughts? Uh, well, yeah, it's been, it's been a minute and, um, things have, have not gotten better. Um, they, they buried the ball, um, after the, uh, the Dallas game and it, it rose from the dead apparently, uh, twice, but, um, what a disaster. And, um, but I, I don't, I don't know what really to say other than the, the injuries are just untenable and they, I don't know that they can overcome it and salvage something out of this. I just, I mean, the, the report this week was just, that was hilarious. It was, uh, it looks like, names. You know, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't even know what to, what to say at this point. And it's, um, and I, I don't blame pie. I, I don't know how to divide it up, but I mean, I just, I don't know where we're at. I don't know. Um, I'm certainly not looking to fire the coach and, uh, but that seems to be where what everyone is talking about. But um, I don't know. It's just been you know a, a string of of mismanagement along the line is where I would where it starts at for me. And, the literal um, line, the offensive line, the offensive the line. That's where it line. starts. And and you know the, the the second worst pass block win rate in the league. At one point, it was the worst they had ever recorded. I think two weeks ago, uh, <laughs> up to this uh, in in since 2016, and I think that passes checks out with the eye test and the injuries on defense are terrible and you know max brain broke in the in the dallas game so um you know i thought he was a little better this week um you know it's a lot like you know how was your given the red zone uh interception it was kind of you know that's not not exactly ringing endorsement but um yeah these are the, the dark days i uh, guess the jackie mack memorial dark days scartelli it's obvious that if this season was a horror movie so far, it would definitely be uh, the, from the Saw trilogy, the last three games. Uh, the path to three and three, uh, the, that path was being lit by an oncoming train. But where do you stand at one and five? It's At some point, you just... I thought the safety that Mac took was almost preordained on Sunday to, to, for the, to lose the cover and to lose the chance of the game. But where are you right now? At someone... Someone in the uh, in the group chat said that we, we don't need Mac to be Tom Brady. We just need him not to be Drew Bledsoe, and that's what we've been getting the past uh, the past three four games, which which is no which is no place to be. The the decision making the you know Esonian happy feet. It's, it's I like that it's Esonian. Just, I like that. <laughs> it, it, it is nothing like uh, it's nothing like. Uh, what we saw in his uh, his rookie season, and it's 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 incredibly frustrating to watch. As as you know, one of the uh, one of the you know eventual holdouts on you know Mac Island, and you know you can it's like a you know it's it's like a Parisian graveyard. There's only so many places where you can bury the football, 
<laughs> and then it doesn't work anymore. Then <laughs> they then they say, I'm sorry. You're you're just going to have to your lease is up. You know, you're gonna disinter it like it's uh like it's Jim Morrison. I don't think you can get a reference to a Parisian graveyard on Andy Hart's pod this week, but I could be wrong. John, your shadow suspension is up. Um <laughs> so welcome back to the program. Um good to be back. Oh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. 05 was a lost year for for a lot of reasons. The team team got old. Ruski had the stroke. 09 was as miserable as it got during the Brady years. Um, not counting the year that, that Tommy quit. But um, this is this is pretty much uncharted at this point. As as good as it's been for so long, I think it should be pointed out, and maybe I'm going Pollyanna here, is this shit does go sideways. John Harbaugh's had tough times in Baltimore. Same thing with Tomlin. Uh, Tom Landry at the end of his career. Um, this is the anomaly. Um, you know, the shots that the media is taking at Belichick, we'll get to in a little bit. Where, where are you at right now after sitting back for the better part of a month and and not chiming in? Well, if uh, if Scartsy is still barely holding on to Mac Island, I feel like I must be like building condos there because I'm I'm not nearly as out on Mac as it seems like everybody else is at the, at the risk of pulling my chair out of the row a bit. I really liked how he played against the Raiders, uh, notwithstanding the the brain fart in the first half. It was a bad throw. He doesn't seem to throw the ball well on the move uh, with any consistency, unfortunately, but the drive in the fourth quarter, first of all, let the record show Mike brother, the faith I had in the Patriots coming out and scoring on that first drive in the second half uh you were willing to give me odds i don't like to take family money but i had a lot of confidence they were going to come out and play a really good really good second half and i thought they did scored on that first possession the uh i know you were soiling yourself on that 17 play 75 yard drive nine minutes and 30 seconds i liked it a lot i liked it a lot and uh you know and, and meanwhile romo's talking about how they're running out of time they had plenty of time and I hate to ever put it on one play, but this is a different conversation if Devontae Parker catches that ball, right? It's it's a testament to their resilience. It's a, it's a testament to, you know, Belichick's ability to kind of, you know, manage the game and do just enough to eke out the win. Unfortunately, you know, he doesn't catch the ball. They don't win the game. They're one in five, right? I, I you know, Mike on Route 1 mentioned pass block win rate. It's, you know, like you said, second worst in the league, worst in recorded history. Um, wide receiver separation, if you believe in that stat, I think is a function of pass block win rate. I mean, the the I, I think I saw another stat that Mac was getting the ball out like extremely quickly against the Raiders, uh, which, again, is you know necessity being the mother of invention sort of thing. I don't know how his air yards per throw ranked, but I'm going to guess it was. Uh, not very high. I saw something and, that was over 80% of his throws on Sunday were within five yards of the line of scrimmage. It, it, exactly. So it's like they, you could see they're kind of figuring it out, right? They're figuring out, okay, they're very, very limited. They're going to do these things. They're going to play this sort of, you know, ground control, clock management, take the air out of the ball sort of game. I really liked it. I liked how they played. They just didn't make that last play at the end. And, and yeah, now they're one in five, but um, I am not with you on the Esonian happy feet, Scartsy. Uh, again, I, I do think Matt. I do think Mac is is obviously struggling with the line, but I, I I just I still have some some faith. I still have some faith. It may not even manifest itself in the next few weeks, but 
I still have faith that they can figure this thing out and, and show something before the end of the year. Well, you know, send me one of those condo brochures. Well, <laughs> for, for, for the record, for the record, I, I I just assumed everyone you know realized I'm I'm not out. But look, here's what I'll say about, about Mac. Um, there something happened to him, obviously, and he, he's been sped up all year. We, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the one concern I had with Mac as a rookie and it was, I thought, a minor one at the time. And it's not qualitative at all uh, or quantitative at all. It was, you remember the breathing exercises that he had to do um, on, on the bench when he would, he'd be like so fired up. He had to, and he, he, he yeah. said, I, yes. I, and then he told the guy, yep. the media, whatever, I did some Navy SEAL breathing exercise or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> I call it breathing, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't in the special forces, but, um, the fact that he had to do that always was like, huh, it kind of gave me a little pause and being the biggest Mac fan there is just because he's not a reptile. He he's not, he doesn't have that reptile brain. I think um, like, like Brady did. Right. Yeah. So that was always a concern to me. And I, that would be my one thing where I was like, I just very concerning. And I just think what we see when he gets on in these things where he's just gets so sped up he just he loses his mind. So I don't know if that means he can't ever figure it out again, but something, you know, severely broke. But I really I, I thought he took care of the ball fairly well. There were two really bad throws, obviously, the interception. And then the one to Montgomery was was a brutal throw. Yeah, it was. Unfortunately, yeah. it wasn't picked That's off. Right. But yep. I, I just I wonder if it's like a in my brain, I'm wondering, like, OK, is, is this like a thing with like, you know, your Chuck Knobloch or, you know, whoever, uh, Daniel Bard or Rick Ankiel. And once you get that, if, if you have that thing in you, there's always that chance that it could come back. So I don't know. I just I I watched the Cowboys the other night and um, just the, the amount of the size of the pocket. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that must be nice, you know, and but. <laughs> If they could ever protect, I think it would look different. Yep. But, you know, look, I don't think it's going to look different on Sunday. It's going to be a weather game and it's going to be against Buffalo. So it, it, I don't mm-hmm. know how much different it can look. Maybe, maybe they come out and play their best game of the year. That's our, our old thing. But, you know, I'm not yeah. I'm I'm betting on them, but I'm not I'm not confident in it. All right. The bankroll boys are taking the Patriots with the eight and a half. Mike, I want to ask you, there's been a lot of talk in the, the local media and the big Pats fans, butts crowd. The trading deadline is October 31st. There's a lot of talk about trading assets to get draft picks. Um, I get it. That's it's kind of the, the low hanging fruit. I would submit, and I thought that I want your guys' opinion on this. I think that a mass dump off of assets, the Hunter, Hunter Henrys, the Kendrick Bournes, those kind of things. I think you need to devote the rest of this year to fi- figuring out if Mac is the guy. You don't want to go into the off season, you know, in, in that Daniel Jones region where the the new regime and uh, with the Giants, Dayball was out on Jan- Jones. They didn't offer him the contract, and he had the good year. They went to playoffs last year. I think. I think it would be. I think trading away good players. Uh, Bourne's a good player. Henry's a good player. I think trade. You have to spend the rest of this year figuring out if Mac is the guy, and dealing these guys for fifth and sixth rounders is, is probably not the best course of action. What say you? No, I, I'm I'm generally not a. Um, I mean, Bill a, isn't Lou Gorman. Seller, I'm not. I'm not a seller. Number one, and I mean, in the NFL especially, I just I I if you're not 
eliminated on Halloween, which they probably won't be from the playoffs. Um, I just have a hard time doing it. And the message that that sends and the and the upside of, of getting, you know, uh, these guys as opposed to comp- compensatory picks uh, and getting getting yes. an actual pick for them now in, in 24 um, to me is so what kind of third rounders, fourth rounders. OK, it's it's a nice to have if you can if you can do it. But I think you I think you're right. You got to you have to try to keep the the pedal to the floor here. And the message that it sends, I think, is corrosive and damaging. You know, unless Bill's on the way out the door, then who the fuck knows? I, I don't know if he's going to retire or not. I have no idea. Um, so I, I think the risk, the upside is is not enough for me to think about doing any of that stuff. John, the, yeah. the, the white throwing up a white flag would be what they're seeing in the locker room. I don't like some of the things that I'm hearing from the guys in the locker room anyway. Kendrick Bourne as much as admitted that he's focused, he's heard about the trade deadline, and he, it's, it's crossed his mind where I don't think in past years – they've been worried about adding on at that point, but uh, this we've made the t- point time again, you and I are in lockstep in this culture matters. And I think yep. that by doing something like that would really send, send the wrong message to the locker room. I just, I just don't think the, the, the some middling middle round draft picks is worse damaging the culture in competing every week and trying to build a winner. Nothing is over. Nothing. You don't just turn it off. <laughs> Um, a thousand percent agree with both of you on this. Culture is a huge, hugely important thing. It's always been about what Belichick has kind of espoused and preached and kind of lived by. I, I, I frankly get very disappointed in, I mean, mediates are going to mediate, but like Patriots fans who are otherwise like normal and sensible, who are getting kind of caught up in the, in the, you know, tank for Caleb Williams thing. It's, it really does matter to, win you know to to play to win and to build a, a culture around winning and to unload the borns and the henrys and the other assets like you said for for mid to late round picks next year the year after now it, it it sends a really bad message and of course the mediates will say oh this is belichick being selfish because he's chasing the all-time wins record but no it, it I would well even if they're out of the playoff hunt i would love if the last few weeks of the season they're knocking other teams out right like that would be great. I'd be. I'm in on watching that. I'm in on cheering for that. Well, the '93 so, team did that. The '93 team started one and eleven, and they knocked yeah. Miami out of the playoffs in the last day of the season. Yeah, which was you know the best win for the Patriots in five years, probably at that point. So, it was you know it was. I I just I'm I'm in full agreement with this. I I don't think it's as simple as yeah you just tank. I mean these guys these guys are professionals. They, you know it, this it's not like yeah it. Culture matters. Winning matters. It's it's important that they they keep you know building on what they have created over the last twenty something years. Scartelli, you have boots on the ground in Massachusetts. Uh, John and I, as you know, live on the West Coast. We know what the media is saying. What what's the? And I'm kind of leading into this setting up Mike on Route One. Um, what's the tenor of you know your friends? You know the people you you when you you surround yourself with at the bar is is there shoe ping rampant everywhere not just among the media is the media kind of leading the the lambs of the slaughter here oh it's it's a uh oh it's it, it, it's a circular uh progression here uh, the media tells everyone that you know that we have to you know have to fire bill because you know obviously obviously we have to fire bill and obviously Mac is terrible, so we got to get rid of him too and start tanking for a different guy. And 
Oh yeah, the, the the buddies of mine that I've known for years and years are have been have been out on Mac since uh I don't know the the first game he lost I guess it's <laughs> it's it, 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 it's it's unfortunate it's <laughs> it's it, it, it's terrible it's like you know when you when you hear a uh when you hear a uh sports hub catchphrase come out of someone that you <laughs> thought you thought knew should should damn well know uh-huh. better than to than to awful. do that and it's just it's just awful and there's there's two-thirds of the season left you know emptying out the cupboard for you know <laughs> some magic beans in the future and uh, that's <laughs> like that that'd be a I think it'd be a terrible, terrible idea. So I can't, uh, I, I can't get with the, you know, the trading away any of the, uh, any of the decent, uh, decent players that, uh, that would they'd want to, uh, want to trade away. There's, there's, a, there's a, you know, there's, there's still some hope that uh, this season can be, you know, they could, uh, they could surprise, you know, there's, the, the path to five and five is right there. Just win the next four games. It's <laughs> <laughs> done and done. The tone of the media coverage and the delusion of the media. Andy Hart tweeted recently that quote, my relevance is not tied to Bill Belichick. Tom Curran <laughs> tweeted this before, uh, bef- before the Raiders game. And, and this seems performative on Tom's part, but this is just some of the tone that's going on. Curran tweeted, quote, my blood boils every time I see Jacoby Myers make another catch. Oh. A good player who won't cost stupid money and did everything you asked is standing right in front of you for four seasons. Instead, you say, no thanks, and bring in someone who's never done anything for you. Why, why, why? Now, he didn't tweet that after the Oakland, uh, the Vegas game last year, so that, that's just for the record. <laughs> um, Karen Garigian, the, the not-so-great Karen Garigian tweeted, let me find it here. Nice job By the way, when you when you when you're ripping off current quotes, all you're doing is showing that you're not blocked by him, which makes you suspect. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Karen Garigian tweeted during his opening talking about Las Vegas. Bill Belichick said the Raiders have quote at least five of the top players in the league at their position. End quote. He can't say that about his own team. Um, I'm not even going to bother with the Greg Bedard audio. Greg Bedard <laughs> audio. He tried to say in English. Um, Mike Florio openly admitted that Bill Belichick not being nice to the media is why they're why they are piling on. John Tomasi has been unleashed by NBC Sports Boston. Tomasi's the headline of Tomasi's piece was Patriots institutional ag- arrogance could mean a return to the dark ages. But first of all, the fact that NBC Sports Boston is is trotting out Tomasi is something else uh, in and of itself. It, it just shows the bad faith that they're operating in there. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, uh, the tenor of what's going on with your friends, you, you take the kids, the practice, what are the fathers oh. saying and how are you holding back your rage and, and you're not, hopefully you're not carrying a concealed weapon. Well, you know, fortunately on, on the, 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 the practice front, um, you know, I'm in a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, New York fans near me as well. So, that's it's not as bad but it, so it's not as directed at the patriots um constantly so okay there but you know i I've, I've muted um you know three uh three group chats on my phone and <laughs> the the i think the, the, the but also the, their relative silence toward me i think speaks maybe speaks volumes <laughs> about my own mental health and what what they think i'm how i they think i'm capable of reacting uh, in these situations, but, um, it's just, 
it's just, it sucks. And I think, you know, say what you will about Mac, whatever. Maybe Caleb Williams will be a good uh, NFL quarterback, but like. Only if you give him a piece of like a team, fucking ass. Like he, he's, he's like Josh Rosen to me. Like that kind of like entitled prickness, like coming out already <laughs> is, is always a red flag to me. So the idea that I want to tank for that, sign up for that, I, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll take the, uh, I'll, I'll take Max, uh, shitty little uh sped up hamster brain that's fine with me i'll watch that i don't care but it's it, but seeing like like oh your blood boils tom no it doesn't tom t- talk talk to me when you when you've uh been uh, as tony soprano said prostate with grief for three days after the after black sunday one like give me a break yeah. Jesus Christ. one of my one of my group chats that i have also muted referred to mac as bassett hound faced hugh millen i don't know if that can get any more cutting than that uh, uh Scarcy, this is this is from uh, our our guy Tomasi. Quote: If the post Brady years are a lesson in anything, it's in the destructive power of institutional arrogance. Robert Kraft suspect expects playoff wins because it's all he has known for twenty years. Count the dog whistle here, but he's not willing to pay for them. Belichick was itching to prove he could contend with just an average quarterback. Strap in, thus demonstrating whom the Brady years were really about. Everyone is getting their comeuppance. First of all, fuck you, Tomasi. I, I can't, but yes, I can't believe this, this shit is going on. That's, that is the tenor of what's going on. It's, 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 it's not business. It's really personal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, they've got the engines revving for the, uh, for their, uh, for their victory lap. <laughs> and, it, and it's, and it's not yet to Halloween. It's <laughs> these, these people, Again, it, it's been 25 years, and they've learned not a damn thing. So I, I, I can't. Uh, when things when things do turn around, and they will turn around, so there might will. not be this season, might be next season, but they'll. Again, they will have learned nothing. John, they have the Bills in Foxborough on Sunday, as we mentioned. It might be a weather game. Uh, then they play in Miami the week after that. Are you going to be surprised? Um, would you be more surprised if they were competitive in each game or if they were not competitive in either game? I mean, I, first of all, going back to the media piece of it, being wrong for 20 years isn't the flex that they think it is, right? Like, it, right. there's no there's no justification here. These people have demonstrated you know, zero feel for what they, what they got to experience uh, in, in the last 20-something years with Belichick. So having a down year and gloating about it like this says a lot more about them than it does about Bill Belichick's competence. As for the schedule, yeah, the, the path to four and seven is there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm looking at it, right? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect them to beat Buffalo or at Miami, right? I mean, hell, Cleo Lemon could be starting for Miami, and I, I don't know that I would take the Pats. But the, then they come home to play Washington, then they've got, you know, Garner Minshew if he's still healthy in the Colts and then they go to the Giants okay so like I I would like to see um all the the huge Pat fans but um whining about the one in seven Pats becoming the four and seven Pats and blowing it caller you blew it right and then you have a situation where uh you know I have this weird kind of vision of Mac kind of settling in maybe the offensive line gets healthy the interior line gets healthy they play some good football in the last in the second half of the season and you're you're redoing the Mac contract uh, at a significant team discount right which allows you to build 
a much better team around him. So these these teams that have had to pay for mediocrity, like the Giants with Daniel Jones, like I don't want the Patriots to make that mistake, and and perhaps they won't uh, with Mac. So anyway, that's I I haven't seen anybody really talking about that, but I do think that's out there as a possibility. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm probably breaking some sort of uh, old Dave Brown rule by playing this audio. This is this is admittedly a confluence of suck. Colin Coward hosts Albert Breer. Here's Albert Breer talking about Bill Belichick's job status with the Patriots. This franchise yeah. as well as anybody. Do you believe there are discussions in New England about end? They wouldn't do it midseason, and they wouldn't humiliate yeah. him. End of the season, moving off Bill, building him a statue and moving off him. Yeah. Well, these discussions have taken place, and I can tell you for sure. I, I, I mean, you know, Robert hears the criticism. He hears the anger locally, um, and people in the building know for a fact that he's hearing the anger um, from the fan base, and he's very cognizant of of where his team is in the pecking order of NFL teams as well. They're not a marquee team anymore. And he took a lot of pride in them being a marquee team for two decades, Um, right up there with teams like the Cowboys, like the Eagles, like the Giants have been traditionally. And so, you know, I think there's all of that that sort of plays into this. And the discussions about the future of the franchise actually do go back to, you know, January and February when they were sitting down with Gerard Mayo, their de facto defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, and they got him to turn down an interview with the Panthers. Um, When Gerard Mayo, like, you know, the best thing for his career probably was to take that interview. And so the discussions of where this goes post-Belichick have been underway for a while. And I think, you know, regardless of, you know, where this was coming, like how this year went, I think there was going to be discussion about the structure of the franchise and potentially changing the personnel department. Do we bring in a general manager, promote a general manager and see if Bill wants to work with him? I think now we're at the point where it's, is this just going to be a flat out firing? A flat out firing. John, you're rubbing your temples listening to that. What's your reaction? Oh God. I mean, look, if you go to Exxon for your global warming insights, if you go to Hamas Public Health for your insights on the Middle East, you'd probably go to Burt Breer for your insights on the Patriots. I mean, it's like it's it's he's fucking loathsome. I cannot stand him. He represents everything that's wrong about media. And there's nothing in there that's truly insightful. Uh, you know, the it's it's just you know, the guy that made them the marquee team has somehow like forgotten how to do all this. Uh, I, I don't know. He just throws enough stuff up against the walls and somehow he's cited as a national expert on the Patriots. It's got to be one of the most infuriating things as a Patriots fan. It's right up there with Shaughnessy being trotted as the national uh, Boston face of the Red Sox. Mike, uh, Breer, I love it when Breer talks about people in the building when he never leaves his fucking couch when he's talking about the Patriots, including all weekend when he's you know, he's eating popcorn and, and rage tweeting up a storm. Um, Loathsome doesn't even begin um, to describe it from where I sit. And listen, you throw enough darts at enough dartboard, you're going to get a bullseye once upon a time. He has no insight. This is, it's more, he has a unique ability to bullshit and sound like, to craft these words in very vague ways to make it sound like he's saying something. He knows nothing. It's really, you know, I, I'm, uh, sad that Dan isn't here with us because Dan Dan is the the uh, the the expert on Breer's dissembling and the way he yes. maneuvers around these issues and makes it seem like he has some insight. And I think in all of that, 
sound there. The one thing he kind of said with definitive authority is that, uh, you know, I think I know for a fact that he's had these kind of conversations. Well, okay, but everything else is basically speculation and really, and we, like you said, he has zero, zero um, legitimate sources within, within the building. And I guess, you know, everything else, I, whatever, he's just, he's a piece of shit, but the bottom line for me is let's say that uh craft did fire um bill like a straight firing that would be um for me oh i i'm out like i i'm turning like a pit viper i'll tell you i'll tell you that much i they're they're joining the ranks of the the republican party and the uh and the boston red Sox in my in my <laughs> of things i was once affiliated with and now i i, I cannot stand so it would be very quick so that leads me into an email from Vinny Jace Scarzi. Um, if Belichick is fired after the season, what will your relationship be towards the Patriots? If they're bad, or if they're good, will be the same as it was before. Um, I have enough faith that, that Kraft would would fuck this up, and he does have rabbiters. I think. Listen, I could provide the same sort of quotation fingers insight that Bert Brigger. If Kraft is a rabbit-eared moron. He's he wants to be portrayed as the good guy. Just it's kind of the flip side of what he did with Brady being the face of he had to put a good face on him and kind of throw Belichick under the bus. But uh, Scott, what how much confidence do you have that that the crafts will handle? God forbid they 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 will handle this correctly. <laughs> well, as a uh, going back to the old goofball board. Someone on there once said that uh, Jonathan's, you know, schmuck tendencies don't come from Myra. <laughs> so let's put it that yep. way. But it's not like we we don't. It's not like Bob Kraft is a sphinx. He's not a he's not a uh, he's not a hermit. He he would come out and say, "I'm very worried about Bill." I may have to fire him at the end of the season. <laughs> Things like this do happen in this league. <laughs> if he, if he, he's, he's very good at saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. So I don't see, <laughs> I don't see why uh, he wouldn't do that at this time too. If that's what he was actually thinking, he's you know he's essentially filterless. Do you remember when he took the AFC Championship trophy after they beat the Jaguars uh, in Parcells? I did, he picked up, he sounded like he was drunk, and I went, oh, no. And that's how I feel every time. <laughs> Sounded he, like. Yes. He said, <laughs> John, every time Kraft, I see something about Kraft is saying something uh, regarding the Patriots now, I have that same oh, no moment. But uh, yeah. I, I don't want to forget. I, I, Go ahead. I'm, I'm totally out. I'm out on Kraft, and I have been for a while. I agree with everything Mike on Route 1 said. The um, He's made two great decisions in his life, marrying Myra, and hiring Bill Belichick. And he's, you know, he, he does feel perilously close to getting bullied by all these other owners who know the Patriots will be a three-legged gazelle without Bill Belichick, right? And they would love to feast on him because he's just a complete bobo. Uh, you know, there's, there's a precedent here. Uh, I know the North Star for the all-time greatest, most sainted team among Boston media is the 1967 Red Sox. And in 1969, Dick Williams was fired, right? <laughs> Moment of silence for the 1967 Red Sox. But, you know, when Dick Williams was fired in 69, dad was out on the Red Sox forever. 
And that's what I'm hearing from Mike on Route 1. I am hearing history repeat itself. And, well, and, and honestly, I, I am with you. Like, I, I have to admit, all those guys I laughed at with their creamsicle Brady jerseys, if, if Belichick went and coached the freaking Cowboys, like, first of all, I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones, who I don't think is a, a super genius by any stretch, but he's a savvy dude, much savvier than Kraft. Bullying Kraft into firing Belichick so he could hire him <laughs> and winning back-to-back Super Bowls with Belichick. And be... I swear to God, I swear to fucking God, I am wearing a Cowboys jersey <laughs> if that happens, right? I'd be like, oh, Jerry Jerry was standing in the schoolhouse because um, he was trying to support <laughs> the young black man. That's, that's why Jerry was in the schoolhouse door. <laughs> You'd buy Bert's old <laughs> starter jacket. <laughs> I would. I would. I would. I would absolutely. It's like uh, I, I would be so out on craft. And yes, I have no confidence in nepotistic owners. Um, I mean, bet the under on those guys all the time. So the more Jonathan is involved, the more I think this franchise is going the way of the victory tour. Dan texted me earlier, John. Dan texted me that he's kind of hoping that Kraft forces Belichick out and Belichick goes somewhere else. And do you want to guess where he wants to see him? And it makes a lot of sense. I think it may have been flood out there. The Chargers. The Chargers. Can you imagine what the yeah. upgrade in, in the coaching would do for the for Herbert and the Chargers? Think of all the yeah. SoCal fake boobs for, for Bell. My God. <laughs> <laughs> He's a oh, motorboat son honestly, of a bitch. <laughs> he, he deserves that media. He deserves that L.A. disinterested media that, you know, he could just – you know, kind of put it on cruise control and 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 win a shit ton of games with that with that roster. The, the games that Brandon Staley has not figured out how to win. All right, well, Those powder thing. blue unis too. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. A, tri- a tribute to his AFL roots. That's very true. I, uh, Vinny, thank you for the email. As you probably know, if you listen to this show, uh, the email address is entitledtown at gmail We got another email from Jen Italia. Uh, in the Merrimack Valley <laughs> says thanks for thank you for providing good material to listen to above the hung of the snacks and the vending machines and wanted to uh, ask our thoughts on the passing of the great Burt Young uh, who of course played <clears throat> Polly and Rocky and Lou in the uh, back to school um, I think that's all we have about the Patriots I, we, we've been punting on this subject for a couple of weeks now um, it's the it's called the words with friends of 2023 <laughs> but holy hell it's it's been a hell of a lot of fun Scartelli, uh, at what point in your routine during the day do you st- do you uh, punch in immaculategrid.com? Oh, I I don't do it every day, just every other day because you know I have self control. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what's your lowest score? What's your lowest? Uh... Sub ten, definitely a sub ten uh, for sure. I, I don't I don't know the exact the exact thing, but yeah. Um, it's funny how how little I care about the basketball and football ones, and I have yes. relatively no use for baseball in in in, in its current <laughs> current existence. Uh, so it just it just it, it is a hell of a lot of fun. And the one thing I'll say is I, I'm a little now like there are things I know now that maybe I I, I had guessed that before and now i'm like okay i know terry pendleton had 199 hits one year didn't get to 200 <laughs> and like so there i know some things now so it's that is maybe taking it's kind of like when you figure out like you know you use qi and in words with friends to, to continue your, your uh, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like this is fun anymore but no it, it's it's great and the baseball it is it's and it's merely all only a function of baseball cards and stratomatic in the 80s uh, right i mean yeah. that's that's essentially it right yeah the, the- problem that john and i are having is we would divide up the a league 
worth of Stratomatic players and draft teams, just random teams to random guys to random teams. Uh, I don't know if Doug Desenzo ever actually played for the Houston Astros, but I know he did in Stratomatic. Uh, I, Don Sutton is an answer I can probably use every day. Mark Witten, probably three days out of four. John, who's some yeah. of your go-tos on the grid? Well, I mean, when you're talking Strato, in my mind, I go right to the like 89 to 91 time frame. And and it's, yeah, I'm thinking, okay, Will Clark. No, he was not an expo. He was not an expo. All right. You traded for him every freaking season. And, you know, it's like, okay. Uh, but, but you know, you know where I'm going. For Bryn Smith and Ricky Horton. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, 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 it's, those are great, great memories of childhood. So that's fun playing the grid in that context. But what's really been special, Mike, and you and I've talked yeah. about this yeah. is doing it with dad and rarity scores zero on monday put put up a rarity score of zero okay it is it is an absolute blast doing it with him because he's going back to growing up in philadelphia and games he went to in the late 40s okay and oh i remember seeing this guy play with you know so and so and then it's like so the orioles are the st louis browns right it's never the orioles and, uh, you know, right. uh, all the Dodgers are Brooklyn Dodgers. So anytime you get some of the original like dozen or so teams, he just absolutely kills it. And it's it's and then, of course, it's story time after that. So it's like 10 or 15 minutes of stories about guys I've never heard of. And, you know, oh, this guy, he was really good during the war. And you know, it's like, oh, OK, <laughs> so um, it's it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I it the the bonding with dad over it and the stories on it has made it a really cool thing. I don't even play it myself that much anymore. Um, it's really sharing it with him. All right. I want to give you guys. We didn't we didn't talk about this, but I'm going to give you guys a one one category and match them up with three teams. This is I pulled up an old immaculate grid. This is baseball oh. grid number 150. Uh -oh. Oh, an Oriole with a 300 plus career batting average. Let's see how low we can go. Wait, okay. We mm. want to are we going for rarity here? Yeah, let's, uh, let's go for rarity. An Oriole oh, with a 300 plus batting average. Yeah. Okay, I was going for we're going to sit here and okay, so an Oriole so it's with an Oriole and Astro and a Padre with a 300 plus career batting average. Oof. Okay, I don't we don't want shock then. So oh boy. I don't know. Um Ripken didn't hit 300 anyway. An Astro, a Padre, the but obvious with, answer. We're not going to use the obvious answer with the Padres. Right. Uh, so you're not, I think, you know, is Frank Robinson the chuck? Well, let's, I'm going to enter it in. Oh, I would, I, I, I mean, Palmero, I think he hit 300 for his career. All right, let's, let's try Palmero. Will Clark, Will Clark was an Oriole for a little bit. I don't yep. think he, he I don't think 300. He's nah, he's really close. I think, I think, I, I think it's like 290 something. We can go with Palmero. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's try Palmero. That's a that's a no go. How about an Astro? Uh, Any Astro? I was wrong on Clark. Shit. Ouch. An Astro. Um, wait, we're, what is it? We're going Astro. Oriole with Astro Padre. Okay. I, I, you know, I'm actually really bad with the um, with with Astros for some reason. I, I think it's not not a lot of history. Um, but I guess the chalk there would probably be somebody like who? Uh, well, Biggio. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but no, he's probably he, not 300. No, I, I I love going back to like the Cesar Cedeno era. Um, I don't know, if, but I don't know if he was a th career 300 hitter. 86 Astros. Nobody comes to mind. Denny Wally didn't hit no. 300. Oh, 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 I I I think I know one. Um, what about uh uh? No, I, I guess that that wouldn't he wouldn't have been. Um, 
Wait, did a Lou come up there? Oh, I got it? one for you. Moises I got one for you. Moises Moises Moises. I got, I got go one for you. John Pachorek. Oh, my God. John Pachorek or Tom Pachorek? John, his brother, his brother, John. Played in 1963. Yep. 0.4%. Well done. <laughs> there you go. I remember reading that when I was a kid. He, his career, he was a two for five in his career, I think. Is Lou, is Moises, Moises Lou hit 300, right? Yeah, we don't have that one available now. Padres and Orioles. This What's is that? A, this is a no. I was so, saying I was saying a diddle. I I I, I had said a Lou for. Did he? He played for the Astros. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's the next? What are we on now? Padres, three Padres and Orioles. Okay, so obviously we know the chalk, but what about so after that is probably like Alomar, Robbie Alomar, Robbie Alomar. Uh, Kevin McReynolds probably didn't hit 300. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Oh, oh, oh. uh, Did Piazza went there after, right? Yeah, Piazza was there for a a very short time. That would be that would be the people I would know. Other than obviously Gwen, Gwen's a chalk. Yeah, let's try Piazza. Survey says two percent. Well done. Now we got an Oriole. Man. I like to think, think of those little that. slap hitters. It's 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 not Joe Orsalak. Joe Fuck, Orsalak no, not like those big cocksuckers. Nothing big, <laughs> big cocksuckers. He wants yeah. it. All right. So John, uh, who's a well, St. Louis Brown who hit three hundred? Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. His so, dad has ever. Well, this there, there was also Robbie Alomar also played for the Orioles, but let's not go with him. Let's go. Let's go deeper than that. Um, who played for them? I don't know. I mean, obviously, like I don't know if Eddie Murray finished at three hundred. Oh, there's no, there's no Eddie, Eddie Murray could have finished. Mm, yeah. Eddie Murray is another great grid pick because he played for so he many teams a, yeah. in his career. Yeah, yeah. Boy, no, really, it's actually a tough one. Hornsby. Oh yeah, uh, you can yeah. That. For the old, yeah, yeah. For the Browns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rogers. Let's see, Scartelli. Five percent. Mm. So we tallied our final tally for 300 career averages for three teams is a combined 7.4 percent. Well done, John. Well done, gentlemen. Yeah. Well done. Not bad. Not bad. So this this live um, showing of the Immaculate Grid is brought to you by the Merrimack Valley Honda dealers. Of That's Nomad. like this is like the the uh, elderly uh, Generation X of like <laughs> unboxing. That was, that was. <laughs> people are going to listen to listen to us playing Immaculate Grid. People who listen to against. the people who listen to the Greg Hill show will find this oddly comforting to listen to. Can we, we talk about listen. Burt Young? Can we talk about People Burt Young? People will listen, Ray. Can we actually talk about can we can we talk about Burt Young? No, you know, let's talk about I, absolutely. Absolutely. I was watching one recently and he was it is, 38 you know, years old. 36 years which old is when that movie was made. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Well, people looked older back then. <laughs> they did. Just because they and dressed like adults. I was <laughs> I was watching it, and it's a, I think it's like technically like a perfect movie. It just yeah. does everything right, you know. Uh, it does everything right. Rocky just, you know, he just needs to know that he's not a bum. And he just, and it's just a perfect movie. But the relationship between Polly and Adrian is some of the darkest shit ever put Problematic. on film. And it's not even yeah. like, and it's, I don't think it was done as intentionally as it comes across to be as fucked up and shitty as it is. And it's really kind of dark, like to the point where I'm like, 
it, I think it's a perfect movie, but like I'll watch certainly others before that one. Um, just because it, it is really depressing, uh, that whole that whole situation. I don't think it's I mean, it's supposed to be messed up and and you know, codependent, whatever, but man, it is fucking dark. It is yeah, it, Polly's character arc is is something to behold throughout the the movies where he's throwing Adrian into buffet in one and he's basically he's going to take a robot to his bedroom in Rocky four. <laughs> right, so right. the character, yeah. and I, and I loved him as, is Lou, the Thornton Mellon, Thornton Mellon's driver slash masseuse in back to school in 1986 too. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. I got to say uh, that, that Thanksgiving scene in Rocky one is unbelievable. It is an yeah. unbelievably powerful scene and it is yeah. dark and is actually kind of hard to watch, but yeah. it's, you know, it's like that, t- that's the power of it. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so well done, and yeah, he was good as Lou. I mean, Back to School is a is a very enjoyable movie, but man, Rocky won. What a what a performance! I'm smart and I'm tough, and he also played Bacala's father in yep. The Sopranos yep. as well. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that yep. episode for some reason. Uh, I'm I'm not a I'm not a, another toothpick is the episode, and I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't I don't know if it totally works for me. I'm actually doing a Sopranos rewatch uh, on the treadmill. And uh, I'm season one, man, was a tough watch again for this is I don't know, I'm in my dozen 15th rewatch. Season one is a tough watch now, man. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of season one Two 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 picks it up a bit. Yeah, I hadn't, hadn't really really I'm sure like a lot of people I did the rewatch during lockdown. And yes, yeah, season one is a tough watch. They hadn't found their seen what works. It was a work in progress. Obviously, it, it yes. turned out to be a pretty terrific show. So. Uh, rest in peace, Burt Young. And, this is uh, where the camera pulls out um, in Seinfeld in the finale when we're in the jail cell. We had this conversation before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we are on to playing the Bills in a potential weather game at Foxborough on Sunday. John is at that, John Irons. Mike Unrun Route 1 is at In This Town 1. Scartelli is the purveyor of the sports drunk draw. He is at Pat Scartell. My name is Mike Irons. Thank you for listening to Entitled Town. And as usual, I ask you to please, for the love of God, turn off your radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.